0: You're listening to Shalice's Podcast. All right, let's pray and then we're going to jump in. Today we're talking about the devil. That's right. We're going to be talking about uh, the accuser of the brethren. We are going to unpack some things that I think are really going to bless you guys because I won't go into it. Let me pray and then we'll chat. I'll do my little intro thing here. So let's start. Okay. Father, thank you for this broadcast. Thank you for every single listener. Thank you that they are here by divine appointment and that you are going to be speaking directly to them today. I thank you, Father, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's been given a name above every other name and every entity in the universe (laughs) recognizes him as Lord. And today, Father, I thank you that you're going to remind us that we need to make sure that we're doing the same. So we just give you permission. Take us where you want us to go. Uh, Highlight what you want to speak today. And we are going to listen with open ears, open hearts, and we are expecting revelation knowledge. Thank you that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. We know the hope of our calling and we are experiencing the victory of Jesus. And so we just give you praise in advance and we thank you for it. And we just say amen in Jesus' name. Awesome. Well, good morning, Denise. Good morning, you guys. So this today I really want to chat about, I don't know, maybe it's we could call it about spiritual warfare. Maybe we could talk it about it from the prop from the Uh, perspective of demonology as a theology. But I think that what what I'm going to be sharing with you today, some of you may already know, this may be a refresher for some, but for others of you, this is going to be news. I mean, when I survey, I guess, or I look over the body of Christ and I, you know, I'm on social media or I'm just, you know, whatever around believers. It is amazing to me how much talk uh, I hear about what the enemy is doing. And what is also amazing to me is how little I hear about the gospel from a perspective of just the most incredible glory and the most incredible, you know, news that we've ever heard. And from a place of power and exaltation of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And You know, I think what happens, because we do talk so much about what the enemy is doing, and so many of us have, I don't know, kind of grown up with a gospel that is, I mean, good news, but it's not like unbelievably good news that we end up doing a lot of spiritual warfare and doing a lot of, you know, I don't know, spiritual activities that are focused on A defeated foe. And so today I just want to take us into some scriptures. I really want us to exalt Jesus. I want us to exalt what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And I really want to set you free from a life of spiritual warfare where we are constantly resisting the devil, constantly under attack, constantly resisting the enemy, okay? Because that is not good news. That is a life that feels like war, rather than life that feels like righteousness, peace, and joy. And our inheritance in Christ is the fruit of the Spirit. Our inheritance in Christ is a powerful life, a victorious life. And I'm not saying that the enemy doesn't exist, but I'm telling you, when you know who you are in Christ and you live in union with him, you have him on the run. Okay. Rather than you being on the run or you being on the defense all the time, you're on the offense and the enemy's on the defense. So let's jump in the first scripture that I want to go. This is one of the very first scriptures I feel like that the Holy Spirit brought me to when he was really teaching me about the authority of the believer and about just the uh, power that we have as the body of Christ. Um, many of you may know that, you know, I got my ministry, my ministry started on the streets of Chicago and there were, uh, just people in desperate need. I mean, we're talking homeless people, we're talking addicts, we're talking, uh, just people that really had no hope unless Jesus showed up with a miracle. And, you know, I was in some really, you know, quote unquote, dangerous situations when I started my ministry. You know, I wasn't in in safe places by any means. The Lord was leading me into all kinds of really rough neighborhoods. And it was just incredible, the things that I saw, but... I would not have been able to do that ministry, or I would not have been able to honestly do that fearlessly without a true understanding of the gospel, a true understanding of Jesus's authority and his victory over the enemy, and really a revelation of Jesus Christ inside of me. So I want to first of all start off with just a few scriptures that really exalt Jesus. You know, the thing that I think people don't realize, I mean, there's scriptures and Proverbs that talk as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Um, but I think that sometimes we don't realize that what we focus on as believers is what we are going to experience. That what we believe is what we are going to experience. And so when we believe in the enemy and we believe in a life of spiritual warfare and a life where we're constantly under attack. I'll tell you that we're going to experience things that when you get established in your identity in Christ and you get established in the gospel as a victorious message, you just really won't continue to experience. In fact, some of the greatest actual resistance and warfare you ever will have as a believer is when you start stepping into your authority and you start really recognizing the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And you start stepping into union with Jesus and just some of the resistance that's around that because the enemy knows if you get that revelation, if you start living like the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ actually lives inside of you and that there is no you apart from him and you start walking boldly in that and, you know, meditating on that and seeing that version of your identity manifest, well, then you are scary. You are scary to the kingdom of darkness. The light doesn't fight. It simply shines. And so darkness is no match for the light. Darkness is, uh, the kingdom of darkness is no match for the kingdom of light. And so this first scripture, like I said, is one of the very first ones that I feel like the Holy Spirit took me to when he was really teaching me about the authority and the power and the glory of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, for some reason, it's not in my favorites here. So let me go back. I thought I marked all these, but we're going to go to uh, Matthew 28, 18. And this scripture, I'm going to read it in a couple of different translations. Okay, the first one I'll read it in is the Amplified Version. And here's what it says. Um Now, this is right during, I mean, this is right before the end of Jesus's earthly ministry, before he ascended to heaven. So these are the last things that he was speaking to his disciples before he ascended and sat down at the right hand of God. Okay, in verse 16, I'll start there. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted that it was really he. Verse 18, it says, Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, and the Amplified, it says, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Okay, let me read that same scripture now in the Passion Translation. Here's what it says. In the Passion Translation, I really like the way it reads. In verse 18, it says, then Jesus came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. Okay, I want to highlight a couple of things from the scripture. First of all, when it says all, I believe that it means what it says, that all authority, all authority, all of it has been given to Jesus. And in the Amplified, it says in heaven and in earth. Here it says in the entire universe has been given to Jesus. Okay, now Jesus turned around and said, you know, now go and make disciples. So he was basically saying that I have regained all authority. In other words, the enemy has no authority. Okay? He has no legal authority. Authority is a, a a Greek word in in the scripture that is that is exousia, okay? And it is a legal term that has to do with a legal right, the legal authority to operate, okay? If we think about it in our law enforcement world, right? With police officers and our judicial system uh the police officers have authority they have the authority to even use force right i mean there's a lot of controversy around that right now and in, in our current you know uh in political environment and the current day that we're living in but the point i want to make here is that they have authority okay and if they have authority then you know that's where the authority lies and in this scripture this is saying that there is no authority left except what jesus has regained all right, now I'm going to just kind of piggyback on a couple of other scriptures with this, okay? I want to go and just you know preach the gospel to you guys a little bit this morning, and now I want to go into, gosh, I don't know why my my scriptures didn't save. Now I want to go into Ephesians, and I want to go into Ephesians chapter one, and I want to I want to hang out. I don't know, maybe around like verse nineteen. Let's go over here, and I'll read it in the Passion translation. We may read it in a couple of other version versions as well, but in verse nineteen. Um, it says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Okay. Notice that supreme authority in the heavenly realm. In verse 21, it says, and now he, Jesus is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised. Not only in this age, but in the age that is to come, he alone is the leader and source of everything. Okay, now let me just read this again. Let me go to the Amplified Version, and let me just read a couple of it. I'm going to start in verse 20, it says. Well, remember, he's talking about the mighty strength of God, the mighty power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. In verse 20, it says which the power which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above rule, far above authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age, but also in the world to come. He put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet, and appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church. So again, these scriptures, I'm just reading some scriptures to you to really exalt Jesus, okay? Because that is the key here. The key is as we exalt Jesus and we focus on Jesus and we think on that, That is what we see. That is what we manifest, okay? And so when we have a spiritual warfare mindset, when we have, I'm always under attack, the devil's always attacking me, well, guess what we're going to experience? More of that. And I I just want to (laughs) really, I mean, there's so many teachings I could go into this, and maybe I'll go into it in a moment. Let me read a few more scriptures before I I hop off into some of the points that I want to make, okay? Let's go just a couple more places. Let's go into... Philippians chapter eight, I mean, chapter two, verse eight. Um, this is in the amplified version again. And here's what it says. And it's talking about Jesus after he was found in terms of his outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. And for this reason, also because he obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name, which is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue confesses and openly acknowledges that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Okay. Again, highly exalted, all things under submission. He has all authority, all dominion, right? Okay. So one more place I want to go is I want to talk about how just how defeated the enemy actually is in Colossians chapter two. Okay. This just paints a picture of what the gospel accomplished in verse 13, Colossians two, 13, it says, when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with Christ, having freely forgiven us of all our sins. Verse 14, having canceled out the certificate of debt, consisting of legal demands which were in force against us and which were hostile to us. And this certificate he has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to the cross. Now, verse 15, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, He made a public example of them exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. Okay, this scripture says that he literally disarmed the the forces of evil, the powers and principalities that were operating against us. So he has stripped them of authority. And if you've heard any teachings around this before, it talks about this this triumphal procession that Jesus did with the enemy. Now, in the cultural times that this was written in the Roman Empire, When, when the army would come back with the spoil and, you know, from the enemy's camp, there would be this triumphant procession that would go through town and they would, they would make an open display of those that they had defeated. I mean, I've heard stories about them cutting off their thumbs and all kinds of things, but the point is it was like this open display, like, look, look at the spoil, look at this victory that we have. And what the scripture is talking about is that that's what Jesus has done. He has disarmed the enemy. He has, there are no weapons left that the enemy has. He has no authority and he has no weapons. Okay. So what in the world are we dealing with here, Shalise? If the enemy has been defeated, if there is no uh, authority that he has left, if there are no uh, weapons that he has left, then what the heck is going on? Well, what the heck is going on is deception okay because he is a liar he is a liar and the enemy exalts himself against the knowledge of god it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through god for the pulling down of strongholds right and that is interesting that's an interesting scripture um if you go to that scripture um let me just go there okay if we go over to second corinthians 10:4 Uh, And I'll just read it in the King James Version because it's up. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Verse five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So this scripture tells us where the warfare now is. Okay, the warfare is now right here right? The warfare is deception. The warfare is against lies of the enemy. And what the enemy does is he exalts himself against the cross. He exalts himself against the knowledge of what Jesus has accomplished. And he tests that to see, what do you believe? If you believe that he's powerful, if you believe that he has authority to to do things, well, guess what he's going to use? He's going to use the authority that Jesus has given you against you. And so he is a liar. He is a liar. This is what happens when we see all of these, like, you know, visions that people have about, you know, the powerful enemy and all of these visions that we have, these spiritual warfare visions. Well, half of those things, guys, are just straight-up demonic, vain imaginations that the enemy is actually giving people as an angel of light to exalt himself. I'm telling you, entire eschatology, uh, Uh, what I want to say, theology and all kinds of things that we have in the body of Christ, this pop Christianity theology that we have based upon people's visions that are completely contrary to what the scripture tells us about the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. I mean, our warfare is in our vain and wicked imagination. It is in our thought life. And I'm just going to say this and maybe I'll hop off on it right now, but half of what we actually think is the devil attacking us is actually something called a trigger, okay? I know that that is not a word that you hear a lot in church about, but it's something that the body of Christ needs to wake up to, okay? Because triggers are half of what we are dealing with, it's a very large percentage of what we're dealing with when we lose our peace. Okay. When we get into, you know, we think this is going on and this is going on. We don't even recognize the way that God has created our minds to work. We don't recognize that everything we experience is coming through a filter, through a lens of our past experiences and that our current circumstances are actually triggering beliefs at a subconscious level and emotions at a subconscious level. And when Woundedness at a subconscious level that has yet to be resolved. Okay. And so we end up reacting to people, reacting to circumstances in a way that feels, you know, horrible. It feels, oh my gosh, I'm under attack. I'm under attack. When actually what's happening is that you have a stronghold, you have a, a, a stronghold of unbelief. You have a stronghold of a lie that has been programmed into you by the world system through trauma, through experiences that you've been through. And that reaction that you're having is actually being triggered by the, circumstances you know we have to really think about what we're saying when we talk about we're under attack I mean I think we've exalted the kingdom of darkness to such a degree to really to the point that every person now has like this personal devil like we've got this devil sitting on our shoulder that follows us around and is constantly oppressing us and constantly coming after us and the truth is the enemy's short-handed the kingdom of darkness is bankrupt I, there's you know what is there 7.75 billion people on the planet it today? What is there, 7.75 billion demons that are personally assigned to people? I think not. I mean, when you look at Jesus's ministry, there were a few times that the enemy came front. I mean, one time when he went through the wilderness, uh, you know, that was like a frontal attack against Jesus that was based upon an attack on his identity. Did he know who he was, right? And then at the Last Supper, Satan entered in uh, to Judas, right? But he worked through a person Uh, you know, to accomplish, you know, the plan that he had to crucify Jesus, but there wasn't, I mean, yes, Jesus cast out devils out of people, but most of those people that Jesus cast out, if you really look at it, there was a manifestation of sickness in their body. There was a manifestation of mental illness in their body. There was a manifestation externally in the physical realm of the work of the devil, Okay. And so this concept that we're just constantly under attack, constantly, you know, in spiritual warfare is a deception and it exalts the enemy to have more power and more authority to come against us than he actually has. Right. And this concept of a trigger is something worth, um, studying for yourself. I mean, whether you get a hold of Dr. Caroline Leif or Leave, however you say it, her materials. Uh, there's a great book by Gregory Boyd called Escaping the Matrix that just talks about the way that our minds work, the way that mind renewal works. Uh, we do a ton of work in this, obviously, in my school, Emerge. But the neuroscience that we now have access to about how our programming affects our emotional life and affects the lenses and the perception that we view the world through needs to be understood because otherwise you'll be blaming the devil instead of renewing your mind, okay? You won't even recognize that you're triggered. You'll instead think that you're under attack and you'll be fighting a devil rather than a stronghold. And the truth of the matter is we need to uproot the lies that we've believed at a a subconscious level and not allow the enemy to control us through our programming. That is actually how he's controlling the world. It's through the programming. It's through the system of the world. It's called the pattern of this world. And that's why Romans twelve two says to, to not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transfigured, be transformed. Matter of fact, see the, the Christ within you manifest through you and it visibly uh, outside of you. How? Through the renewing of your mind. So mind renewal is the work of the believer once they have confessed the Lord Jesus. And what that means is that we have to change the way we think. We have to change what we believe. And a big part of that is exalting Jesus instead of the kingdom of darkness. And when I say exalting Jesus, I'm talking about the Jesus that lives inside of you. And I'm not talking about Jesus in the baby, you know, in the baby manger when he came on Christmas morning. I'm not talking about the Jesus that's, you know, walking on the Sea of Galilee and, and you know, Multiplying the bread, although that's extremely powerful, right? I'm actually talking about the resurrected King of Kings and Lord of Lords who is described in Revelation chapter one. Okay. If you go to Revelation chapter one and you read John's vision of the resurrected Lord Jesus, resurrected Lord Jesus, then you'll start to get a vision and you'll start to get an idea of just how powerful the guy that's living inside of you, the God that's living inside of you actually is. Okay, let me take a moment and just go over there because Jesus uh, had me meditate on this for a while. And I will tell you when I was doing street ministry and I was in the, the, the darkest of the dark places, It wasn't Shalice showing up. I called Revelation 1 Jesus scary Jesus. And when I read it here in a moment, you'll know why, but it was scary Jesus showing up. He might have been wearing a Shalice suit, but the spirit realm recognized that that was a woman that knew who she was because she wasn't even visible. They saw scary Jesus when I showed up. They didn't see Shalice trying to, you know, do some exploit. No, they saw the resurrected Lord Jesus king, Lord Jesus as king. And how do I know they saw it? Because that's what I saw. That's what I saw and what we see manifests. okay? In Revelation chapter 1, I'm going to read it in the Amplified version, and I'm going to start in verse 12, okay? In verse 12, it says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And after turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, I saw someone like the Son of Man dressed in a robe, reaching to his feet, with a golden sash wrapped around his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool glistening white like snow, and his all-seeing eyes were flashing like a flame of fire, piercing into my being. His feet were burnished white-hot bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was powerful like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword of judgment." And his face reflecting his majesty in the Shekinah glory was like the sun shining in all of its power at midday. Okay. When I saw him, John says, I fell at his feet as though dead. And he placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last absolute deity, the son of God and the ever living one living in and beyond all time and space. I died, but see, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of, and here's what it says in the amplified version, absolute control and victory over death and of Hades, the realm of the dead. Okay. So this picture of Jesus, come on, seriously, like, What demon in hell is going to come up against this, right? What victory is there going to be against the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ? And remember, this is who lives inside of you, right? I tell people we need to spend more time meditating on who we are in Christ. And what I mean by that is who we are in living in union with. We need to recognize that scary Jesus is now living inside of us. In Colossians chapter 1, and chapter 3, verse 1, I take you guys to the scripture a lot, but this is such a powerful thing to realize, okay? In Colossians 3, 1, in the Passion Translation, here's what it says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, Feast on all of the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Verse three, your crucifixion with Christ has severed your tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. Verse four, and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are, will also be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. Oh my gosh. This is the most incredible scripture. Think about this, guys. It says that as Jesus himself is seen for who he really is, who is he really? Well, he's Revelation chapter one. Okay, he's holding the keys of death and hell. He's holding. He's got face shining like the sun. He's got a voice that sounds like the, the 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 sound of many waters, and he's executing judgment through his through his mouth. Executing judgment over what? Anything that's not like heaven. Anything that is not like what he's already defeated, because there is no authority left for it to exist in the seen realm. So when we speak in the name of Jesus and we command, we command the seen realm. We command the universe. We command all that is material to bow to the name of Jesus and recognize the lordship of Jesus Christ, and we show up in union with the glory of God inside of us that is the resurrected king, guess what? The universe recognizes it. The seen realm recognizes it. The seen realm, I talk about this all the time, is conscious. That's why it's moaning and groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. And who are the sons of God? The sons of God are those who are now one with him and his glory we are now seated inside of the resurrected king in heaven right now on the throne inside of him at the right hand of the father and he is inside of us right this moment christ in us the hope of glory so when we recognize who we are we show up as the light we show up as the one that is scary right? We're the scary one to the kingdom of darkness. And it will bow. In fact, it will bow so much that you'll start seeing the same kind of things that you read about in the gospel. I can't tell you the number of times that I have walked in somewhere and all of a sudden demons start manifesting or things start manifesting in people. Why? Because they recognize that I recognize that the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ lives inside of me, right? And and it's not that there is no enemy. I'm not saying that. But you're. let me tell you, he will make himself known <laughs> when you show up as scary Jesus. You know, when I pray for people, I am speaking right to that body part as scary Jesus. I'm saying in Jesus' name, like it is actually Jesus talking. When I'm releasing healing or when I'm praying for someone and there is a deliverance of some kind, it is not Shalise showing up. It's not about my faith. It's not about anything except Jesus Christ. Christ inside of me. And that's what I'm focused on. I'm not focused on, oh, I hope my prayer works. I hope God hears my prayer. Oh, no, no, no. I'm coming in the name of Jesus and I am coming in the full force of his authority. I'm coming in the full force of his victory. I'm coming with a revelation of who he is. And the scene realm knows that I know it. The enemy knows that I know it. And that's the difference. That's why it works. That is why all of it has to bow to the name of Jesus and not in the age to come right now, right now it has to bow. Yes. In the age to come, but also right now, the Lordship of Jesus Christ has an, is an already established Christ. I mean, a fact he has already ascended. He has already sat down and it is all under his feet. And now he's waiting for the body of Christ to show up as who they are, why? Because then it will manifest in the 3D realm. The reason we see so much demonic activity and so many things going on in the world, it seems like the kingdom of darkness is having, wreaking havoc. It's because the bride of Christ and the body of Christ doesn't know who's in them. And it's not operating out of the revelation of that, that as he is, so are we in this world. And as he is, man, there is nothing like it. When you exalt the king of kings and the lord of lords as the one who defeated death, as the one who disarmed the principalities, as the one who rules and reigns forever and ever and ever, let me tell you, you'll get some results when you start opening your mouth and you start using the name of Jesus, because it won't be you speaking. You'll be operating as one. You'll be operating as a son and it, and anything that's not like heaven has to bow. Why? Because Jesus Christ is actually Lord. I mean, I have talked a lot about it, you guys, about when you go into Colossians chapter one and you start to recognize that God has reconciled all things to himself. God was in Christ, reconciling the cosmos to himself. He was in Jesus, reconciling every realm, every power, every dominion. There is nothing left that exists outside of Jesus, except in our minds. We are alienated from God in our minds. Our minds are the problem. Our minds are the problem. We don't recognize the way that we have been created, really recreated in Christ. Yes, in the image of God. But God operates a certain way. He doesn't say anything he doesn't want. He doesn't have thoughts that he doesn't want to manifest because he is a creator by his very nature. And guess what, beloved? So are we. That's why the word of God tells us it matters what we think on. It matters what we meditate on. It matters that we think on things that are lovely and pure and of good report. It matters that we meditate on heavenly realities. It matters that we meditate on the new covenant scriptures that exalt Jesus Christ and the cross and our co-crucifixion and co-burial and co-resurrection and co-ascension with him. You don't have time for spiritual warfare when you are enjoying union with Jesus. You don't have time to be messing with all this stuff when you're abiding in Christ and you are on a mission. You know what you do? You go. And if the devil shows up, you know what? You just cast him out by the finger of God and you keep on moving. Because, I mean, Paul, I mean, yes, he had tribulations. Yes, he had trials, but they couldn't kill the guy. They couldn't kill the guy because he had this revelation and he finished his course. And that, beloved, is our destiny. The devil just can't come in your house and kill you without your permission. I tell people, you're not being, you know, it's not cancer that kills people. It's the fear of cancer. It's the belief of cancer. And if you have faith in the devil, well, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a whole lot of devil junk. Let's not. Let's not have faith in the devil. Let's believe. Let's believe in what Jesus has accomplished. Let's operate out of a new creation reality. And let's recognize that the universe is a friendly place. We're not under the curse anymore. The the creation is moaning and groaning for us to govern it from a place of authority from the heavenly realms. I mean, I I get out there, guys. I talk to people sometimes who, you know, I mean, we don't talk about it a lot in public because most of the body of Christ thinks we're crazy, but we're not crazy. Heck, they thought Paul was crazy too. We're just on fire with the gospel. But let me tell you, you don't have to die sick. You don't have to be broke. When you know who you are and you walk in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will manifest heaven. You will speak to things and they will obey you because they obey Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, goodness gracious, you guys got me preaching today, but it is time for us to dive deep, dive deep, dive deep into Jesus's victory, dive deep into what he has accomplished. And let's get our eyes off of the kingdom of darkness. You know what? Turn the news off. Okay. I know that I'm telling you, that is not good news. It is reporting the works of the devil. Let's get some reports of the Lord going here. Let's, let's, let's meditate on what God is doing. Cause I can tell you right now, he's moving in the earth. And all that is required as sons of God that we need to do is we need to know what he's asking us to do and be obedient. We need to be so obsessed and so enthralled and so in wonder with the glory of God and with who Jesus Christ is that we're just our obsession is heavenly realities. And when you're in that place, you guys, you can't help but be in a good mood. You can't help but just wake up every day like, all right, what are we going to manifest today? Where's heaven going to show up in our life today? You recognize you're on a mission, and it's exciting, and it's an adventure, and you're just seeing the same works as Jesus manifest and even greater things. So we have to, beloved, we've got to shut ourselves out. We've got to shut these things out from the world, and we have to focus. I mean, you know, I, I read that Smith Wigglesworth didn't read the newspaper, you know, I mean, and again, I, I get it. We live in this information age. I'm not trying to make you be religious. I'm trying to make you be victorious. Okay. And we have to recognize that what we hear matters, what we see matters, what we meditate on matters that because we are creative. I mean, quantum physics is catching up with the scriptures, you know, that we, that, that what that means is that quantum science is recognizing that the material universe responds to human observation and i don't have a t- to you know have a t- time right now for a lesson on quantum physics but you start looking into um something called the um the collapse of the particle right you start doing a little bit of research on what what the quantum physicists have discovered about the role of human consciousness human observation and the effect that it has on the material realm there's so many things so many experiments that I have done about about the the power of words on on plants and the power of words on on things like rice. I mean, this these are they're scientific experience now. They're are proving what the Bible says is true. So we are designed to observe heavenly realities and see them manifest. We are designed to speak in the name of Jesus and be a creative force in the universe to see heaven manifest to enforce judgment against the kingdom of darkness. Why? Because it's already been judged. The prince of the world has been judged and he's been judged powerless. He's been stripped of authority. And so we are here to enforce that judgment. And we do that in the name of Jesus. So let's shift our focus, guys. Let's get our focus on what the scriptures teach us about the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Let's get our our focus on what it means to be a joint heir in Jesus, what it means to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, what it means to have Christ in you, the hope of glory, what it means to be joined to the Lord with one spirit with him, what it means to have his resurrection be our resurrection, what it means to have our crucifixion severing our ties to this life. We need to so identify with Jesus that we no longer believe that we have a self apart from him. That illusion of separation has got to get eradicated out of our subconscious minds. We need to integrate great with who Jesus is because as he is so are we right now that we are one with him in glory and we need to we need to meditate on this and meditate on this and meditate on this and focus on this and focus on this until that is what we're experiencing until that is what we are manifesting and like I said if the enemy shows up or you're operating the gifts of spirits and you actually discern it guess what it's not a problem you speak to it you keep moving exactly like Jesus did Jesus didn't spend you know days in spiritual warfare. He spoke to things and he kept on moving. Why? Because he knew who he was. He knew that he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He knew he was one with the Father and he had the authority. He had the authority to command those things. In fact, the enemies would come up and and be scared of him. Oh, Jesus, have you come to torment us at this hour? Right? That's the way the enemy should be showing up in your life. He should be showing up trembling because something's about to happen to him. He's about to be cast into some pigs or something. We should have the devil on the run we're on the offense, we have the authority, we are one with Christ. And so we need to begin to really believe this and begin to manifest it. All right, now I can take a breath. So guys, you know, I really can't encourage you enough to go back to the scriptures that I I went through today. Not just these, but others that just really highlight and really exalt who Jesus Christ is, where he is, what what he looks like, and what belongs to him, and then step into that reality as your identity. All right. So God bless you guys. I'm gonna jump. Whew! Preach myself happy this morning, but I'm I'm praying for you. I know that this is a, a message that is gonna absolutely change your life when it becomes your revelation, and we will chat with you soon. Okay. God bless. Thanks for listening to Shalise's Podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.